0: welcome to color me green a podcast focused on making the world a greener place i know so far we've only discussed sustainable practices and all the things around that but today we are going to get into something that is affected by the actions and choices of people the lives of animals and their habitats this weekend on december 4th it's national wildlife conservation day this day is marked to spread awareness by protecting the planet and species as the human population intrudes on their resources. The goal of wildlife conservation is to ensure the survival of these species and to educate people on living sustainably with them. So with that being said, today we are going to discuss a few acts of humans that are destroying the habitats and well-being of any given species, along with what animals have been or are on the list to be extinct, and what laws and organizations are in place to stop the threat to these species. With the human population growing exponentially over the years, this calls for more natural resources to be consumed. The growth doesn't just affect us. It affects the habitats and existence of various types of wildlife around the world. Animals and plants have been displaced for land development or used for food or other purposes. Other threats to these species include climate change, pollution, hunting, fishing, and poaching. Now let's dig a little deeper into how some of these threats affect animals and their habitats. Animals rely on their environment to survive, as do humans. But we can change our surroundings based on our needs. However, animals don't have that luxury. Climate change alters the state of the environment that they know that they rely on for their survival, All animals are affected by these changes. Livestock, which we rely on for our food, are affected due to the increasing levels of CO2 in the air caused by global warming. This lowers the protein and nitrogen content in pastures that livestock graze in. This decline would lead to food shortages, starvation, or illness from lack of nutrients. One of the main groups I think of being affected by climate change is Arctic animals. Again, their environment is reduced. Average global temperature warms. The ice diminishes, which leaves less environment for polar bears and walruses to live on, walk on, and to stay out of the water. In 2008, the polar bear was added to the endangered species list, making it one of the first to be added due to global warming. Again, as the ocean temperature rises, the ecosystems that rely on it are affected, especially the coral reefs, which are sensitive to these changes. Rising temperatures can cause reefs to become heat-stressed and bleach, which affects the coral algae levels. This leads to coral starvation, which affects the many species that call the coral reefs their home. Next, we have forests. We know of this one too well due to it being something we can witness as forests get cut down to make room for modern development. But global warming causes extreme weather events that cause droughts and heat waves and fires, which is just another means of diminishing ecosystems for the species that rely on them. Habitats that animals rely on for food, shelter, and other resources. If coral reefs, oceans, forests, and other natural areas are impacted significantly by climate change, then the plants and animals that rely on those areas will decline or go extinct. If you don't care about the animals or the habitats themselves, then maybe thinking about how it would affect you might change your mind. Now, let's get into my least favorite topic of the episode, hunting, and every harmful way that we hurt animals, but hunting is something I'm strongly against. I wouldn't kill an animal by my own hand, even if it were for survival. And I know a lot of people can't say that because they're like, oh, if it came down to it, I'd do it. But I would cry if I had to kill an animal. But that's just who I am. I couldn't kill another living, breathing thing for my own personal gain. But that's a topic for a different time. Although hunting was a crucial part of human survival many years ago, it is nothing more than a violent form of recreation. Less than 5% of the U.S. population hunts, and it's permitted on about 60% of U.S. public lands, including over 50% of wildlife refugees, national forests, and state parks. On federal land alone, more than 200 million animals are killed every year. Let's use bears for example. A lot of states, such as Idaho, Montana, Wyoming, Oregon, Washington, Utah, Arizona, Alaska, in Maine, allow some type of spring bear hunts. This happens during months when bears emerge from hibernation and are still in that tired state, making them easy targets. Many of those hunted are females, often out foraging while their cubs are hidden in trees or in their dens. The mothers are killed and the cubs are left with little to no chance of survival as they will either starve or be killed by other predators. On an even sadder note, Most of these animals that are killed are not killed quickly, and therefore they suffer prolonged, painful deaths. A lot of hunting groups promote shooting animals in the face or in the gut, which is, as any sympathetic human being can imagine, a horrifically painful way to die. Hunting is not a sport. It is not fair chase. Hunting is not conservation. Animals, no matter how well adapted they are to escaping natural predators, have virtually no way of escaping death once they cross paths with a scope-mounted rifle or bow. Natural predators help maintain the balance of ecosystems, if left unaltered. They kill only the sickest and weakest animals, while hunters kill any animal whose head they would like hung over their fireplace, including large, healthy animals that are needed to uphold certain populations. So if you don't get it by now, hunting is not population control either. I could go on forever about this, but let's just move on to fishing. Which is not that much better. Fishing is one of the most significant factors to the decline in ocean wildlife populations. Overfishing is even worse. This happens when fish are caught faster than they can be replenished. Overfishing is closely tied to bycatch, which is the capture of unwanted sea life while fishing for a different species. This is also a serious marine threat that causes loss of billions of fish and hundreds of thousands of sea turtles and aquatic mammals. Overfishing impacts entire ecosystems. It can change the size of remaining fish, as well as how they reproduce, and the speed at which they mature. When too many fish are taken out of the ocean, it creates an imbalance in the food chain, which leads to the loss of other important marine life. Overfishing is caused by the continually rising demand for fish around the world. Fish is ranked as one of the most highly traded foods globally. Millions of people depend on fishing industries for their livelihood, and half the world's population relies on fish as a major protein source. When fish are gone, so are jobs and coastal economies. The high demand for seafood continues to drive the decline of not only our oceans, but our freshwater ecosystems. Now let's move on to the last threat we are going to discuss, poaching. Millions of animals in thousands of species are killed or captured from their native habitats globally. Poaching poses a threat to animals like elephants, rhinos, as well as other smaller ones like lizards and monkeys. Poachers often kill and capture animals to sell them in either a local or global trade. Some animals, such as birds, reptiles, and primates, are captured live so they can be kept or sold as exotic pets. Those animals that are slaughtered are sold commercially as food, jewelry, decor, or medicine. For example, a common one you've probably heard of is the poaching of African elephants for their ivory tusks that are carved into small objects or display pieces. The meat of apes, snakes, and other animals is considered a delicacy in parts of Africa. In addition to being poached for profit, animals such as lions, elephants, wolves, and other predators are often killed to prevent them from destroying crops or attacking livestock. Poaching is one of, if not the main reason, animals face extinction. Take the African elephant, for example. More than 100,000 of them were killed between 2014 and 2017 for their tusks. This impact has also affected rhinos, having more than a thousand slaughtered every year for their horns. Poaching for exotic pet trade affects an animal's welfare in addition to its wildlife population. A lot of these animals eat specialized diets found in nature. They also need room to fly or roam or do their natural routines. Once captured, these animals are stuffed into boxes, sacks, or suitcases, and if they survive the travel, then they often suffer in their new and unnatural situations. Now, of course, we have to talk about how poaching affects humans, for those who don't care about the things I just listed, unless it has a direct link to themselves. I don't assume that anyone like that would listen to this podcast, but if you are that type of person and learn, maybe looking to change for the better, then, hi, welcome, you've come to the right place. Anyway, other than the countless deaths of rangers and other people being gunned down and killed by poachers, there are two major problems due to poaching that impact humans. One being the spread of borne illnesses, and two, the lack of natural resources, Both are due to the amount and the type of animals that are caught and sold. For example, the country widespread of Ebola was spread to those that ate or came in contact with monkey meat in the Congo. Another example being the anthrax breakout in Uganda, due to the meat being given to people not being properly inspected by the government before being distributed throughout the country. Unfortunately, poachers sell whatever kind of meat they catch to make money, not to help people who are desperate for food in poor countries. Natural resources are one of the most important things we have, and once they are gone, they are gone for good. If an important resource was either an animal that is being poached or that source relies on a poached animal, then the resources would no longer exist. For example... If the resource was a plant, and the animal that helps spread its seeds became unavailable to assist in the spreading, then that plant would become extinct. Because these types of processes are important to keep other natural resources, whether it's in another country, across the world, or right next door. The effect of one city may eventually lead to an effect on the entire world, and this is how we should look at every action we take. It doesn't just affect us, it affects everyone and everything around us. The overall outcome of that will affect us. It just might not be right away. Now for the fun part. Let's get into a few organizations that are helping with these issues and working to save the lives and habitats of species all over the world. The first one I chose is the Jane Goodall Institute, which I will be getting into more in another episode. Dr. Jane Goodall, a scientist, naturalist, humanitarian, and UN messenger of peace, began her study on the lives of chimpanzees and eventually went on to help save their lives. When she discovered that the lives of their species was threatened by habitat destruction and illegal trafficking, she developed a breakthrough approach to conservation that improves the lives of people, animals, and the environment. In 1977, the Jane Goodall Institute was founded. It was created to ensure that Jane's vision and life's work continue to mobilize the collective power of individual action to save the natural world we share. The Jane Goodall Institute focuses on restoring critical habitats to save chimpanzees from extinction, cultivating local livelihoods in harmony with nature, and helping young people become the informed generation of conservation leaders the world needs which is done through a program called Roots and Shoots, a youth program currently in almost 100 countries. The next organization is the World Wildlife Foundation, who has, over the last 60 years, made it their mission to find solutions that save the wild array of life on our planet by applying the best science available and working closely with local communities. WWF aims to change the world in multiple ways one of those being that they aim to double the world's wild tiger population by 2022, so next year. They are working with world leaders to take action, focusing conservation efforts in key sites, raising funds to permanently protect landscapes, and supporting community-based conservation. As a large predator, tigers play an important role in maintaining a healthy ecosystem. Every time they protect a tiger, they protect around 25,000 acres of forests that sustain wildlife and local communities and supply people around the world with clean air, water, and food. They are also working on shutting down the illegal markets in Thailand, and they have helped end the legal ivory trade in China. WWF aims to leverage China's recent actions to ban the ivory trade to prevent further displacement of the current China ivory trade to nearby countries. And the last organization I chose is the Wildlife Conservation Society, whose mission is to save wildlife and wild places worldwide through science conservation action, education, and inspiring people to value nature. WCS envisions a world where wildlife thrives in healthy lands and seas, valued by societies that embrace and benefit from the diversity and integrity of life on Earth. Over the past century, WCS has established long-term conservation presence in wild places across the Americas, Africa, Asia, and the ocean. They have built strong and trusting partnerships and acquired a depth of knowledge that ensures effective conservation action. They protect these places because they are intact, biodiverse, and the most resilient to climate change, as well as that they are the homes of large wildlife species, To protect these areas, WCS assists governments and communities to protect the natural systems critical to saving wildlife and their habitats while securing valuable flows of ecosystem services and local livelihoods based on principles of social and environmental sustainability. More than 38,500 species are threatened with extinction. 41% are amphibians, 26% mammals, 14% birds, 37% sharks and marine life, and 33% coral reefs. So what animals are these organizations actually helping? What ones can be saved, have been saved, and what ones are no longer with us? As far as those that are critically endangered and at the highest risk of extinction, a few listed are the African forest and savanna elephant, black rhino, and the eastern and western lowland gorilla. A list of endangered is much larger. One moment. Let's see. We have, to name a few, African savanna elephant, Asian elephant, blue whale, bluefin tuna, chimpanzee, Galapagos penguin, Ganges river dolphin, green turtle, Hector's dolphin, Indian elephant, mountain gorilla, North Atlantic right whale, red panda, sea lion, sea turtles, tigers, whales, and whale sharks, and, you know, so many more. Now, if I get into the vulnerable species, I'd list just about every animal on the face of the planet, so I'll save us the time, but I think you get the picture. Now, for now, thankfully, there aren't many that I could find that have gone extinct recently. The ones that I have are unfortunate. First, we have the splendid poison frog, or the splendid poison arrow frog, which was found in western Panama Went extinct in 2020 due to deforestation. Next, we have the Bramble K. Malamis, which I'm probably going to say that wrong. Sorry, it's this cute little guy, which went extinct in 2019. These cute little creatures were native to the isolated island of Bramble K, located in northern Australia. This species is known as the first mammal to have gone extinct due to human driven climate change. Yeah look these guys up and tell me you don't want to cry just thinking of that because i did because they're absolutely adorable the western black rhino went extinct in 2011 due to poachers next to them the northern white rhino are going to be extinct there are only two left in the world and they are both female and kept under 24-hour guard in a conservancy in kenya I'll be putting a link to the International Union for Conservation of Nature's Red List of Threatened Species in the show notes if you want to take a deeper look into it. I'll also leave links to the organizations we discussed in case you want to take a further look into them as well. I'm not sure about you, but I could not imagine a world where my favorite animals no longer exist. So much has been done to create awareness about wildlife conservation. So take December 4th and every day for that matter to contribute and spread the word about wildlife conservation. Again, this weekend on December 4th, it's National Wildlife Conservation Day. It was created in 2012 by Hillary Clinton. I'm going to leave you with a quote from Hillary herself. Wildlife cannot be manufactured. Once it's gone, it cannot be replenished. Those who profit from it illegally are not just undermining our borders and our economies. They are truly stealing from the next generation. I want to thank you for listening to today's episode of Color Me Green. New episodes are going to come out weekly, and hopefully each one has something you can take away and learn from. I currently have a ton of episodes planned, but if you want to request a certain topic to discuss, please feel free to message me on the show's Instagram at Color Me Green Podcast, linked in the show notes. If you loved today's episode, please make sure to leave a review as I will be randomly picking reviews every week as they roll in to read on the show. One of the best ways to help change the world is to share this episode with a friend and let them also learn what they can do to live more sustainably. And as always, remember to reduce, reuse, recycle, and live green. See you next week.